Welcome to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. The fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life, love, and leadership to the next level. Hello, my friends. It's Matt Morgan. Welcome back to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. Today, while we talk about the Enneagram, we are talking about type two, the helper. And I have with me my dear friend, Nicole Berglund. Nicole, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So a lot of us who have been taking the Enneagram right now, you've been maybe getting a great introduction. You've been starting out with the eight, the nine, the one. And today, as we talk about the two, the helper, either you or someone you know definitely is this type. And it's an incredible type because the helper or type two, man, you guys, they are so warm. They're so caring. They're so giving. They understand people's emotional needs almost better than anyone. And Nicole, that is so you to a T. <laughs> so Nicole, actually, when my wife, Sarah, was seven months pregnant, you were also seven or eight months pregnant during the time, right? Yeah. With your first. And you guys kind of hit it off right away, realized both of you were from Minnesota. And before you knew it, you two were connected at the hip. Yeah, we had an initial walk around the neighborhood lake where you guys used to live, little reservoir. And yeah, we've been building memories ever since. The girls are only 10 days apart. And even though we live about 45 minutes apart now, they get in as many sleepovers as they can. And Ruby's always asking to see Maddie. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, as we go through this, I want to read the description of a two. And then from there, we'll kind of unpack for you, Nicole, like what aspect of that really resonates with you. Okay. Perfect. All right. So here we go. Here is Enneagram type two descriptions. Here we go. When it comes to taking care of others, I don't know how or when to say no. I'm a great listener and I remember the stories that make up people's lives. I'm anxious to overcome misunderstandings in a relationship because let's be honest, that's just awkward. I feel drawn to influential or powerful people. People think I'm psychic sometimes because I can usually know what other people need or want even more than they do. <laughs> even people I don't know well share deep stuff about their lives with me. It seems like people who love me should already know what I need. I need to be acknowledged and appreciated for my contributions. I'm more comfortable giving than I am receiving. I like my home to feel like a safe, welcoming place for my family and others. I care a great deal about what people think of me. And I want other people to think I love everyone, even though I don't. <laughs> I like it when the people who love me do something unexpected for me. Lots of people ask me for help and it makes me feel valuable. When people ask me you know, what I need, I have no idea how to answer what I need. When I'm tired, I often feel like people take me for granted. People say my emotions can be over the top sometimes. I feel angry and conflicted when my needs conflict with others. Sometimes it's hard for me to watch movies because I can find it almost unbearable to watch people suffer. And lastly, I worry a lot about being forgiven when I make mistakes. So that's the type two descriptions in terms of behaviors. Nicole, for you, when you listen to those, are there any in particular that really resonate or jump out to you as a two? Yeah, most are aligned with my personality and resonate really well, but for sure, top of the list would be great listener, eager to dive deep in relationships. I like to give, give, give and be available to meet others' needs. 
Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to the two, you know, the helper being available to meet other people's needs, I mean, tell us a little bit about like you growing up as a child. Remember all of our personality types, if you're listening, the word personality comes from the Greek word persona, which means mask. And our masks are the way that we cope. It's the way that we protect ourselves. It's the way that we try to receive what we really desire internally, which is really how you find your number, the core motivation. But talk to me about as a child, when you first remember like, wow, I really tried to like maybe help other people so that I could get love. Yeah. So I think for me in childhood, it was always known I was a people person. My mom realized early on, I don't like to be alone because sometimes she'd work late and I'd have to start dinner. It's like, I don't like to be alone. I love to be around people. I love to make plans, get together with friends, make future plans for activities, have things lined up, getting together with people. So I think that's kind of where it started off as being a people person, but then, you know, realizing as time went on and I got a job and started making my own money and having a little bit of my own time, my car, I like to use you know, my resources, time and money to help other people be there for people in college. I wanted to be with my roommates, make food, you know, if they needed a snack at the library, bring something to them. And now with kids, serving them and making sure their needs are taken care of. Other people's kids, I'm like, just send them on over. They can hang out. I'll take care of them and being available. And now, with you know, the kids getting a bit older, they're at school or at grandma's and I'm like, I'm useless. Nobody needs me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. What a transition for you. Yes. So oftentimes, the big element of finding out your type, again, is from your core motivation, which is why I love the Enneagram. It's about why we do what we do more than what we do, because our behaviors can change, right? Depending on the relationship, depending on the topic, depending on our mood. But the reason why we do something is interesting. And for a two, the core motivation is a deep-seated need to be loved. And the way that they receive love is by offering to be helpful or providing needs. And as a result, so much so that oftentimes they avoid acknowledging their own needs in the process. Would you say that's indicative and true of you? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the challenge you know, my whole life and figuring that out and navigating through that. I want to be a person who loves well, no strings attached. And sometimes I do that better than others. But for sure, like I said, even from a kid and not wanting to be alone, I want to be with people a lot. I do hope that, you know, my giving or offering connection to people that inspires a partnership and a friendship and may not feed my needs or ways I need to be loved just the way I need or anything, but definitely that partnership, that friendship. Like I want to be in deep community with people engaged in their life in that. Yeah, that's huge. What do you love about being a two? What's something about your superpower with two that you're like, man, I really like this about me? Same as what's hard to overcome and not feel like I'm getting what I need out of giving and loving people well, so then they love me well. But I do love to love on people, especially making someone feel sincerely know and feel that nobody is alone and needs to do life alone. 
it really warms my heart when someone knows that my connection or desire to connect with them is sincere and I really desire to help meet a physical need or emotional need, you know, and get into deep conversation and be there for them. Yeah. yeah and just nobody's alone. It's amazing. It's crazy. You know, twos on the Enneagram have the highest emotional intuition than any other number on the entire Enneagram diagram. It's pretty crazy. Like you have a sixth sense of being able to know what people need. We've watched that firsthand with Madison and with Sarah, the way that you love and care and support and give gifts and the way that you have loved us and been like, hey, we want to give you a trip. You guys are tired. Go do this. Like there is such an incredible gift that we see from a two that it's so neat. And so it's pretty amazing superpower that you guys have as a two. And if you're listening to this right now, audience, you know, you might be thinking, wow, that's why my partner <laughs> is so good. You know, it's like they maybe are a two and it's an incredible thing. So within all of us though, as we've talked about this, there are healthy, average, and unhealthy types within each number. And that doesn't mean that you're just like they're healthy, average, or unhealthy. You could be healthy and then unhealthy within a given hour, depending on the topic and conversation. <laughs> so let me give you guys some understanding and description of what a healthy two looks like. And Nicole, you kind of alluded to this a little bit. A healthy two can name their own needs and feelings without the fear of losing relationship. That is big. One of the biggest downsides or shadow sides of a two is that they don't know what their feelings are, oftentimes because either they haven't spent any time on it or they fear that if they do share their feelings, those feelings will conflict with other people and they'll lose love that they gained so hard. But healthy twos understand their own feelings in a great way. And you know what? They're extremely generous in their efforts to love well and care for others without, as you said, Nicole, any strings attached, right? Because you know the unhealthy two will actually be manipulative. It's like, it's not so much a gift they're giving as an investment. Yeah, you <laughs> your back, you scratch mine. Exactly. And if you don't, I'll be pissed. Yeah. And I won't tell you I'm pissed either, at least not verbally, but you'll feel it non-verbally. Twos have the greatest sense of being able to walk into a room and change the environment emotionally without even saying a word because their emotions are so strong. I, you know, I always say whatever overshadows you gets released in your shadow, <laughs> meaning whatever's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. And twos have the greatest sense of being able to change an entire trajectory, good or bad, based on what's in them. And so healthy twos have appropriate boundaries. They understand how to say no, not just yes to everything and everyone. They create a comfortable, safe place for others. And they're a friend to probably a lot of people. And also twos are just so darn loving and lovable and they adapt well to changing circumstances. But average twos, they're convinced that their own needs will threaten the stability of other relationships. And so that's why they don't share them. And so they're generous, but often consciously or subconsciously expect something in return for their efforts. And so they oftentimes have poor boundaries. Generally, they only know themselves in relation to other people. It's like, oh, I'm Mike's wife, or I'm Ruby's mom, or I'm this kind of thing. You know, they only know their identity in relationship to other people as opposed to themselves. And they're attracted to powerful people who they expect to define them. And oftentimes they'll even use flattery to pull them in. And if they can't, or if they don't get what they want, they blame shift. 
They throw tantrums. Sometimes unhealthy twos will throw tantrums. Unhealthy twos are codependent in their desire to be loved. And so they will need to be needed. And so the shadow side of a two, and there's shadow sides on every type we talk to in this podcast. We're all in a growth area. For the two is pride. And what I mean by that is a two says, I want you to be happy, but I want to be the reason. <laughs> and if I'm not the reason, then I feel insecure. Then I maybe feel jealous. Then maybe if I don't get what I want, I'll play the role of the martyr and I'll be manipulative. And so it could look like oftentimes a two might say a manipulative statement like, oh, gosh, you know, I wish I didn't have to cook dinner tonight. But that's not the same thing as, hey, do you mind if we go out to dinner tonight? Because I'm just tired and I don't feel like cooking. See the difference? <laughs> so it's like this element of like we use words as like a manipulative twist to be able to try to help like say, I'm a martyr. I need these kind of things. And so those are some of the downsides or the shadow sides of a two. For you, I'm curious, in the growth of becoming a healthy two, how have some of these things been things that you've wrestled with personally within relationships? Yeah, I've definitely seen some of these dark areas where I couldn't always name my need. Coming from more of a passive aggressive background and even family where we didn't name our own needs, that was really unhealthy. <laughs> now that I look back for me as a two, because then that's just what I naturally clung to. So, you know, the conflict and potential of conflict caused great anxiety. So I just stuffed all my emotions for the fear of challenging the relationship. And now in my adulthood, you know, potentially losing a friendship, that's certainly not what I want. I'm still working on it, but I can definitely say there's been significant growth in this area. Not perfect, but definitely learning to address my own needs and at least voice them. You know, the conversation may not end up where, you know, I thought it would or something, but I then know at least I voiced my opinion or my frustrations or something that's bothering me, even if there wasn't quite, you know, resolution or whatever. But kind of like what you said previously about how we interact with our spouse and the spouse saying, well, I've definitely got a two on my hand because of how they interact together. And oddly enough, asking my husband, Mike, about this, and if he's seen the two in me, he's like, oh yeah, hand down with women and your friends and everything, you are a two to a T, but not really with me. <laughs> so this is a huge area of growth for me that maybe coming into 2019, New Year's resolutions, how do I acknowledge that I can't please everybody all the time and I especially have limits because I have a family and how do I put them first, particularly my husband, Mike? It's really easy for me to serve my kids because they have huge physical needs being only four and six years old. Right. And I know what they need. They absolutely need me. They can't do life without me. But sometimes I think, well, you know, Mike doesn't really need me. He can provide for himself and feed himself and all of that. But how do I be there for him, you know, as a two, as a helper, physically, emotionally, you know, make him a priority? That is amazing that you're bringing this up. And if you're a two, lean into what she just said, because this is huge. Because twos, they do so many relationships that oftentimes they spread themselves too thin. And as a result, the ones they leave behind in love are the ones closest to them, usually their spouse. Yeah. Well, because honestly, as time has gone on and Mike and I hit nine years in June, you just start to grow more comfortable and realize like, till death do us part. Like we're never leaving each other. This is forever and ever. So he's just always going to be there. Yes. 
I need to become more intentional with that of, you know, how do I serve him? How do I meet him where he's at, even though we're apart for the majority of the day and he often travels. And so then he's gone for a week at a time. So how do I meet his needs when we're apart, when we're together? How do I be a helper to him? That's a real challenge for me. Yes. And a challenge for every two, because they already know, like you said, I know that you're with me till death do us part. I already have that. So because you have security in that, you often go to other relationships that you're, they're not as secure. So you want to make sure that you're reining them in so that you can receive that love. And that's a big, big thing. And so oftentimes twos, what they do is that they give, 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 give from an outside perspective so that they may receive internally. But healthy twos realize, how do I love myself and find my identity and my foundation in a powerful way internally? And that will then help me love externally even better. And so when it comes to spouses, man, ladies, gentlemen, those of you who are twos, lean into what she just said. That is a growth area. It's like, hey, I'm going to continue to work on that even for this year, for 2019. That's awesome to hear you say that and to have awareness of that. That's powerful because, you know, like all types we have a wing. And so for a two, you either have a one wing or a three wing. So those are your two options. You can't have any other wings. So the one is the perfectionist, which we just learned about last week. And the three is the achiever, which we'll learn more about next week. And so what we're going to see here is that for you, and I know, Nicole, you kind of said maybe I'm probably a two with a three wing, kind of the achiever side. Is that right? Yeah. Achiever, checklist, getting stuff done, having a background in event planning and administration. It may not be perfect. So I really don't think I'm a one. And if you saw our house, it is, it's clean, but it is not organized. So uh, I think three being the checklist kind of person resonates more. Yeah, for sure. And then twos also, they have two other numbers on the Enneagram that they go to, one in stress and then one in security. And so for the two, you go to the eight, which is the challenger when you're in stress. And so you could go raw when you're in stress, you could let that partner know. And then for other people in relationships, you may not verbally let them have it, but you may stuff it and say nothing and just like completely shut down. But either way, let's like you're challenging them through silence because you know, even if it's subconscious, that they'll feel your dissatisfaction. And so in stress, you go to an eight. And then in security, you go to a four, which we're going to unpack in a couple of weeks, which is the romantic, the individualist. And so the four really is a person who understands their own feelings, which is pretty cool because a two by itself doesn't understand their own feelings as well. They understand everyone else's feelings. And so when you're in security, you're really attuned to your own feelings. Nicole, for you, how do you see your eight in stress and four in security play out in your life? In stress, I've seen the eight for sure in my relationship with Mike. You know, I might get more frustrated, easily angered. Instead of trying to work through things calmly, it's a strong need to all of a sudden be right, show my value in the relationship, and just become real strong-headed. Totally. I've seen a refrigerator magnet one time where it said, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> I wonder if that's like the perfect description for a two when she's in stress or he's in stress. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. That's great. 
Oh man. Well, so cool. Well, one of the things that, you know, as you process a two, or maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I'm in a relationship to a two. What do I do? First of all, for those of you who are twos, I want you to know that you can learn to meet your needs from the inside out instead of from the outside in. You can do this. And it starts with really taking the time to be intuitive of what your needs are and then be able to state them, not in a manipulative way, but in a direct way to your partner. So here's what you can't do though. You can't expect other Enneagram numbers to sense and meet your needs before naming them. This is one of the traps oftentimes twos get into is that they think because they are so intuitive of being able to read your needs, you should be able to read my needs. And if you can't, I'm mad. But understand this, everybody's different and they do not have that superpower the way that you do. So when you have a need, you need to state it clearly. And you also can't experience lasting peace until you discover that you're capable of identifying and taking care of your own feelings and many of your own needs. And so that doesn't threaten your relationships, twos. It makes them better. So if you're a two, you're going to need to accept the truth that you know what, first of all, other people are meeting your needs in their own way. (laughs) It may not be the way that you would do it, but it's just as good. And you need to also realize that you already are loved. You already are worthy. And when you understand that you already are, you don't have to pine to try to become something. You don't have to try to find your identity in other people. You already have it. You already are loved. And then you can operate and give out of a place of love, which will then be truly altruistic as opposed to, oh, this is an investment because now I need something back in return. That's what healthy twos have. Does that resonate with you personally? Yeah, absolutely. It's finding that compromise in a relationship and friendships where it really is like, hey, I'm available and I'm around, you know, if you need any help with this and for someone to really receive that as like, oh, you know, they they just really do want to help. And that's the point in the friendship where you hope it gets to. And sometimes it is great when you have that mutual ability to help each other. And so, you know, the two feels loved back in that way. But yeah, for me, it's really the goal. And I always have to ask myself in these situations, am I offering to bring a meal to somebody or am I offering to watch their kids or am I offering to do this or that because I need something from them or want something from them or I'm just looking to feel needed and therefore loved by that person because I'm giving them something. Yeah, that's amazing. It's an amazing question. Here's a question I have for you. If there was one thing you would like other numbers on the Enneagram to know about twos, what would it be? So two things, like that song, I want you to want me, I want you to need me, or I need you to need me. It just resonates really well because we live in a society where people don't want to ask for help. They're not as receiving to getting a gift or people helping them out. And so when you see there's a person in your life that may want to help you out and when you feel like it's really true, pure motive or intention of connection and friendship and being there for you and, and maybe not you know some deceptive side, let them help you. Yes, please bring me a meal. My kids are throwing up. Or, hey, yes, if you're going to the grocery store today, can you get something? Or this is, you know, a couple things I need. Or just even helping out with kids. I love having other moms in my life that I can drop off my kids. They can hang together because, A, I trust parenting style and what's going on. But then my kids also know and feel love from another adult. 
in their life, which is something so valuable to me. I want them to know so many adults care for them and love them and not just mama and papa, grandma and grandpa. So those two things are really important. Receiving the help, you know, from someone that asks, letting them help you, you know, letting them feel wanted and needed, you know, in that side of the relationship and friendship and even putting it out there, giving them a task. Like I always tell Mike, do you need anything from me today? Do you need me to do anything for you? Because that makes me feel good in our relationship too, right? And I'm helping out and contributing and whatever, but. That is amazing. And that's probably something every type needs is to receive. You're so right. We do not do that well. We give, 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 especially twos, but receiving, oh man, we feel like something we're we're cherishing or there's something wrong with us or we're taught to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. And it's like, man, one of the biggest signs of friendship and love is to actually receive. And that's not a sign of weakness. That's actually a huge sign of strength. So what a great word, I think, for all types to be like, okay, I'm actually going to say thank you. (laughs) And that could be not just a physical thing like money or something like that. It could be like, I love you and I need to receive that or I'm grateful for you and I need to receive that or you did great and I need to receive that. Especially if you're a one, you're the perfectionist. You do, 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 do and you recognize all the different faults you have. And so so if somebody gives you a compliment, you're thinking, well, that can't be true because of all these reasons why I failed. And it's like, no, 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 I need to receive this. I love that you say that, Nicole, because it's like, for me, receiving love from someone either emotionally or physically, you know, financially, it's like giving me wind in my sails to be able to keep moving forward. That's a really good word. Is there anything else you'd like to share about being a two? I don't think so. Well, here's something for those of you who are in relationship with a two. Remember, okay, twos are the most perceptive about knowing what other people need, but they're not always aware of what they need themselves. And so one key to relationship with twos is helping bridge that gap by doing this. First of all, recognize this, like twos experience anxiety when they do recognize their own feelings as their own feelings. And so they don't know a lot about how to act or do anything on that behalf. So you need to give them some space to do that. So try to help twos find a way to share with you how they honestly feel. Give them the space to do that. And when you give them the space to do that, you need to recognize that twos can only process verbally. (laughs) Like they don't process internally or non-verbally. They don't think things through. They talk things through. And so you can avoid a lot of misunderstanding when you give them an umbrella of grace. My wife and I use that like, hey, can I have an umbrella of grace? I just need to talk. And sometimes as I talk, I think as I talk. And so don't get frustrated when a two says something that may not be what she or he really is feeling or thinking. They're trying to talk it through. So give them the space to do that. And then also, if you say, hey, how are you doing? And a two says, I'm fine or good. And it's just like a quick one word answer. Press in a little deeper. They're not fine. <laughs> They're not good. Exactly. <laughs> so give them a little space to talk it through. They're smoldering and they're upset and maybe they're not attacking, but they're maybe just going to shut down on you. And so give them a little space to talk it through. And so here's the thing, guys. Twos, they actually really do want honest feedback, but they take almost everything personally. So if you say something like, hey, I don't like your spaghetti recipe, what they'll hear is, I don't like you. (laughs) And so it's really important to try to separate the person from the issue. Like, hey, I love you. You know, the recipe could have been a little bit better. And they know that too. They understand that and they want that honest feedback. But that's something that all twos who are an average two, they know that and they're trying to outgrow that way of thinking. And so give them a little bit of grace. 
okay? And also understand this, if you're in an intimate relationship with the two, twos need to hear you say, hey, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. There's nothing you need to do. There's nothing you need to be. There's nothing you need to help me with. I just love you for you. And every once in a while, just saying that to a two is going to help them relax, okay? And so this is huge. While twos are happy to be second in command, also know this, be sure to acknowledge their contribution. It's really nice to be able to hear that. And so also realize that anger or disproportionate emotional responses are usually a sign of unmet needs. So if you see a two fly off the handle, either verbally or they shut down completely, there's usually something called a shadow belief. It's a belief that lurks in the shadows of their subconscious mind that's either true or not or a part thereof, but there's other needs that are unmet. So you can say, hey, did I poke the bear there? What needs am I not meeting? You know, could you help me understand? So enter with ignorance as opposed to accusation if you see them get angry. So if you're in a relationship with the two, this is how you can come alongside them and love them well. Okay. So you guys, this is powerful. Nicole, Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing a little bit of your experience about being a two. It's so helpful. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, next week, you guys, on the podcast, we talk through Enneagram Type 3, The Achiever. And as always, if you got questions, we got answers, simply go to mattmorgan.com, go to the Contact Us page, and we'll be happy to answer any questions you have and potentially even bring them on to the next podcast. So cheers for now, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. Subscribe below, share it with your friends, and if you want to take your life, love, or leadership to the next level, check us out online at mattmorgan.com.